welcome to Definitely Not Funny. Actually the least funny person I know. <laughs> okay, well, hi, Ben. Hi. Welcome to Definitely Not Funny. I'm so happy to be here. Thank I'm so you. excited to have you. Zeke is also taking up all your camera space. That's all right. Zeke, uh, Zeke deserves it. I know. He's the, hold on one second. I'm going to turn off the heat. I'm sweating. Already? I'm just nervous. Hey, everyone. It's just Ben now. <laughs> We're going to do a... Uh, oh, you're back. I'm back. Okay. Back at it again. So, Ben, you are currently the founder and CEO of The Farmlink Project. I am definitely CEO and a founder of many. Uh, I'm, oh, hey, Zeke. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, that is true. That is who I am. That's excellent. What I do. Is there anything else? That's it. That's all you do. No, it's something I do. I also have been um, recently quite interested in cooking. I have two roommates, a dog. Um, that's pretty much all I You am. have a twin brother. I do have a twin brother. I have two younger sisters. Oh, yeah. that's a lot of you. Thank you. That's very cute. Okay. Well, so I wanted, can you express a little bit more about FarmLink? What it yes, does? Yes. Yes, I can. So we started FarmLink in April, 2020 when the world was shutting down Yes. and I'll give the abridged version, but there were huge piles of food piling up on farms as the commercial food industry shut down. And right at the start of March and April, there were so many stories about that in the news and at the same time, you'd see almost the next story down would be food banks facing the longest lines they'd ever seen. And so that specific juxtaposition was why we started calling these farmers. We said, what if we can connect one of these farms with one of these food banks? And we called a few hundred farmers. And surprisingly, unsurprisingly, at the start of the pandemic, a bunch of kids calling you as your world is crumbling around you. It's just no one was that interested. And yeah. How old were you at this time? Um, I was a junior in college, so I was 20. Okay. And um, So you can't even like legally drink? I couldn't. I had never drank before. Ever? No. That's and, crazy. And so... Even when you went to Europe, you obeyed the American law. Yeah. Even when That's a noble gentleman. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can keep that part in too. Okay, I will. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we finally got through to this farmer who had just been written about in the New York Times for having a pile of 2 million pounds of onions with nowhere to go. <laughs> it's a mountain. It's like, it's I can't even describe. It's so, so many. And he said, if you get a truck here, you can take whatever you can. And so that was the first 40,000 pounds of onions that we brought back to a food bank in Los Angeles, like two minutes away from here. And that was the start of FarmLink. And oh my gosh. Um, the next day, and maybe I'm inverting these, but the next day, a similar situation with an egg grower or egg farmer, rather. Egg who, grower. Yeah, he grew he eggs. He plants eggs. Hey, you know, <laughs> some, the, he can't grow the eggs. Some, someone grows the eggs. Okay. And um, we brought 11,000 eggs back here, too. And that was Aiden and James, who had grown up in Santa Monica. They brought this back them back to this food bank. And that was the start of FarmLink. And from there, so many students joined. I met most of my friends today are people who just out of every part of the country jumped on board and were suddenly a part of this this mission with us. That's amazing. So prior to starting FarmLink, what was, I'm, I'm my assumption is that FarmLink has kind of turned into a large portion of your life since 2020 and I've, since it started. It's been everything. It's everything. Yeah. So prior to that, what was, what was the day in life like for Ben Collier? Well, at that specific, I, at that specific point in time, I was completely unable to walk and hadn't, been able to walk since I had a pretty big reconstructive foot surgery at the very end of 2019. What happened to your foot? <laughs> well, I, since I was 15, had been dealing with neurological problems in my right leg and kept Damn. playing tennis on it. And when, you know, in the second or third month of junior year, I'd, I was I was playing tennis in, in college. And yeah. I, in the last tournament of the fall season, I got off the court and just knew something was wrong. And there was no cartilage left between my ankle and my leg. Oh. And so the bones were just starting oh. to. Oh, I hate that. That's like styrofoam. Yeah. That's like if you scratching want to, styrofoam. Should I spend 15 minutes vividly describing? <laughs> Do an ASMR <laughs> yeah. of your bones grinding on each other? It shoots all the way up your leg. <laughs> um, and so I went to the doctor Yum. and they did a bunch of scans. And because it had been 
just you know having an unstable foundation and then just wearing it down they couldn't fix that one thing because there were so many problems so the most abridged version of this is they cut the tendons broke the bones cut the calf and like put it back together did they like give you cartilage they took cartilage out of they took bone out of my knee they oh put my God, in you got like an ankle bbl they, they fused <laughs> they, they, they fused my ankle <laughs> Yeah, I have the put in your ass. Yeah, it's <laughs> so sexy now. I've got a lot of if people are into this is a tangent, but do you think there's a niche for scarred feet? Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a king for that. Help me find that. Okay, okay. Um, but, we'll work on that. But that's where I was <laughs> tying this back to FarmLink. Uh, <laughs> that's where I was for those first four months, and so a couple months before the pandemic, I was oof January. I was. Uh, taking 12 Percocets a day for oh, like six weeks my God. to start 2020, 2020. That's the year. It was. was it like hard to stop taking those? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I Did so you have like withdrawals? I remember the second week we'd ar- I'd already refilled the prescription like three times. And this was- <laughs> You're like, t- bitch, I haven't stopped taking them. Me, I'm still yeah, on 12 a day. <laughs> what do you mean it's hard to stop? I wouldn't know. Um, <laughs> no, they, I, they were encouraging me to take more even. And- um, the second weekend I was watching TV and I saw an ad and it said, if you refill your painkiller prescription one time, you're 90% more likely to get addicted. And yeah. I'm like sitting there a third of the way through this on my third refill being like, well, <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you fill it three times? Yeah, I guess, I guess we're, uh, we're in this one. So I stopped taking it before going, or right before going back to school. Did you have like, to like wean yourself off? I didn't, but I didn't sleep for like three days after. Damn. So yeah it's that was and i could have i could have taken those painkillers for a couple more months i just didn't want to bring that back to yeah 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 to school with me because that's a slippery slope kids (laughs) damn oh my god wait where are you from originally i was born and raised in the farming metropolis of fairfield county connecticut oh my god it's in your blood yeah no farming in fairfield county Connecticut. oh then why'd you say it was a farming metropolis <laughs> just for the fairfield county people oh. out there who knew that that was a joke <laughs> okay i didn't yeah it's all right there was <laughs> it's, a, it's basically a suburb of new york uh so i wasn't exposed to any of that stuff growing up yeah um, or even in college uh so I'd what'd say, you study in school I studied applied math, which is almost always the end of that conversation. <laughs> but if you have any applied math questions, I'd be super happy to spend some time talking about that. Not just math, applied math. Applied math, it's like... It's like if I have 12,000 pounds of onions mm-hmm. and you have 12,000 people, how many onions does each person get? Yep, and at this point, I, I couldn't tell you. You couldn't tell me. <laughs> I would say that... Um, we got to do a conversion for pounds to... You, number of onions per pound mm-hmm. per person per person it's a lot it's hard mm-hmm. so i would say if truthfully why i did that was i entered school wanting to i applied saying i was going to major in cs and physics cool which is just bullshit um hold on one second i just have to make sure it's recording so this is where i get a little like anxiety as you're gonna see I'm going to sporadically check to make sure. Yeah, it's like, did I lock my car? That's exactly what Mm -hmm. it is. It happens a lot throughout the interview. I'm like the opposite, where I won't lock my car, and then I'll get my sunglasses stolen out of them, and then I'll leave the stove on overnight. Fun. Yeah. Lives on the edge. Mm -hmm. That's good that you take care of a dog. I do. She's lovely and has (laughs) um, way less anxiety than... Than my dog? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, it's my just dog's a ref- just like his mom. Yeah, and my dog seems to be a lot like her dad. Okay, <laughs> she also leaves the stove on. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> just every time she cooks. Okay, so you go to start farm like, mm. and you're like, is it, is it just you? No, you, you mentioned Aiden and James. We have other characters. My twin brother and you know Max, was it Stella, your Jordan. Idea? It like, was whose idea was it? It was, it Were was not my idea. Chat? I it was, I was put in a group chat where my mom had been sending me and my brother articles about uh, this happening locally in okay. Connecticut. Like what okay. is going on with food banking needs here? And so my mom was like, you guys should do something about this. She was the most proactive woman in the world. She was selling yeah. masks for people during the pandemic and oh my God. Just doing what she could from our comfy little home. And you you're know? like, that's cute, mom. I'm going to one up you. <laughs> mm, <I'm>... <laughs> so, <laughs> 
but then my brother was on the water polo team. Like, How are the masks? I, I have mean, forty thousand pounds of potatoes going um, to Iowa. Look, looking back, did we one up her? Yes. Was that the goal? Was that why we did it? No. So oh, okay. But yeah, time time looks back. And anyway, uh, Will and Aiden. Will's your twin brother. Will is my twin brother, and he was in this heavily from the start and. He, but he talked to Aiden, who was out here in Santa Monica, yes. talking with James about a very similar thing. And okay. so they were looking at how could they support Westside Food Bank, which is, again, right down the street. That's where we sent that initial food. Yes. And so I was off in the world of, hey, can we call school bus companies and see if we can use like the school buses that no one's using and right no now to move stuff? Huh. And they're like, no. And that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but that led to this initial conversation. So... It was this weird moment of James and Aiden talking about something that they really didn't know about, me and my brother talking about something that we really didn't know about, and then someone started a group chat, wasn't me, and <laughs> we went from there. When? What was the point when you started to appoint roles? Ooh. So we were within two weeks probably 15 or 20 people working on this holy shit. within two months we were 150 students working on this and so it was this weird rush of everybody channeling this energy for doing something impactful and <laughs> assuming positive say. intent but it was like a weird lord of the like flies situation i was gonna say why did everyone want to do it you're not that hot <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know on on zoom on zoom on zoom no, I, but on zoom no i was actually gonna mention to you are you nervous during this podcast because no one can see how tall you are well that's actually an interesting part of my farm like experiences i've never before become close with people before meeting them in person yeah and hundreds of people i've gotten to know on farm like before meeting them in person and then they're like oh my god this hunk no i've oh, okay. learned people are like more 90 plus percent of the people when they meet me they go you're taller than i thought and it's not even like a a you're good thing. tall it's like they're uncomfortable by yeah. it yeah <laughs> and so i think i've recognized that when we meet people in like these little boxes on our screens we just either assume they're the average or like the default of what we think they should be yeah and i'm a little bit taller than i think people think i should be or i give off short king energy which <laughs> not the end of the world you do either. give off like 511 energy fine oh it works i'm all right with it it there works are... means you have a big personality it's because tall guys don't really have personality I've dated few. a few of them. Do you want to name names? Shout out. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, anyways, everyone flocked. Not because of how hot and tall you were. But I, because of the we, <laughs> I mean, we didn't do follow-up surveys on why they flocked. But okay. I would say <laughs> it was more... It was, it was helped by the New York Times and ABC World News. Whoa. That, r realistically, How'd had a little that? bit more to do it than... With a, <laughs> Than my Instagram. Um, how do we do that? I think that you're so right now. It's four people. Where we are in the story, there's four people. That's where we are in this in this single <laughs> storyline. That Wait, let me fix my booger. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna be the first so interview that doesn't over. have Zeke on his lap because Hannah's here. Um, no, he doesn't. Hannah, He's very comfortable. OG farm linker, absolutely essential part of. Yeah, isn't that how you met out. Hannah? That is how I met Hannah. It's how I met. So many of the people. It's how I met you. Well, I know. I didn't work at Farm Lake, though. That's all right. My brother did. Everyone worked. My cousin worked there. Hannah worked there. Everyone, you're, like, also my cousin, but you're a South And, again, I'm sorry we you didn't make the cut. Like it, It's fine. Okay. I did apply four times. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but yeah. whatever. It's because I didn't go to a top 10 school. It's fine. I got it. No. Mm. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we've we've changed, Jackie. We're, we're you know. You employ we, people from USC. Yeah. <laughs> Other schools, no, yeah. No, you do. Yeah, we no, do. No, you do have USC people. We do. Shout out Julia DeSantis. Love Anyways. Julia. Um, hey, Zeke. What was I going to say? <laughs> Zeke's back. <laughs> you heard us talk. Thanks for bringing me this <laughs> absolutely pristine toy. It's okay. Your dog <laughs> plays with chip bags. Um, ben doesn't buy toys for his dog, so she plays That's with, not like, true. I'm a monthly BarkBox subscriber. Oh, you I will are have now? you know. What oh, because he now? had told you about it. I've had BarkBox for nine months, not a sponsor. Um, but, you know, if they wanted to sponsor me, it would save me a hell of a lot of money. This is BarkBox. I can't figure out how to unsubscribe. And it took me. You have to unsubscribe <laughs> six months in advance. Ugh. So if you unsubscribe now, then that means in September you'll be done. Great. Great. <laughs> so I do have dog toys. Okay. And 
and other. Anyway, so there's four of you. Oh, right. The story we're telling. <laughs> so w- there's four of us, and we move those first couple truckloads of food, onions and eggs. Yes. And Jordan Hartzell, who was right there from the get-go, just reached out to somebody who had Who's written- Jordan Hartzell? One of our classmates from Brown. Thank you. And- she reached out to someone who had written that article in the New York Times about the food waste and was like, here's what we're trying to do about it. Very cool. And so he said, great, let me try. How'd and... she get in at this point? What you're, we were, well, you didn't no, tell me the fifth person the, got out of it. No, at this point already, like it was the second it was off the ground, it was And what more was it? Like four. you like, told other it's friends not even, about it it's and not they even all genuine to, to say it? that there were only four founders. Like, from the first moment I was looking up farm names and making calls. There were already like people hopping in and out and it became more formal once we like built a Slack and then that first summer actually had people apply to keep track of who they are. And that's when we started having titles and roles. I would say it's like a month in. What do you think about it made it like so magnetic that so many people were like, I want to be a part of this. Oh, I was going to say, why'd they tell these stories too? I don't think there's a moment in any, in I don't think there are many moments in anyone's life under especially under 30, but even our parents who, where there was such a moment of complete disarray. Yeah. And and globally in every yeah. part of the world. And so you look at, for us, at you losing every connection you have to your social group, your education, what your, like what trajectories you're on are kind of put on pause. Yeah. We gave people an outlet to connect with each other. And that's what it was for yeah. me. And that's, I didn't expect it to be that at all. But once we started to realize what that was, that is absolutely the only reason it succeeded. And so I think that people came, we've said this a lot, is people came for the mission. It's something that stands out. A bunch of students trying to address food waste and hunger and looking at this environmental angle. But especially in that first year and a half, people stayed for the community. And it it was really special. The storytelling piece was the same thing though. I mean, the whole world is shutting down. What is something hopeful that we can talk about? Yeah. How about a bunch of students doing all this to end hunger? Like, you know, and yeah. that that's what their angle was. And so for those first six months, we were given this, this huge window of opportunity to try and explore and really be super ambitious with how we were getting this started because there were just a lot of people who were coming out and wanting to cheer for something like that to succeed. So I think the timing of that all worked out really well. I love that. That's your clip. That's that our clip. Good. Yeah. Stop. All done. Um, <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs> no, that was excellent. Okay. So, so these people started coming on. Eventually you have a hundred, you said 120 people. Yeah. So and then when was it you're like, we need, we need roles. We need roles. So for those first 14 months, I want to be clear. We were a hundred self-governing college students. Nobody was paid. Oh my God. It was a commune. It was there were people who called it cults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it was a cult. I remember we yeah. were in, we were on vacation in, on Cape Cod and Hannah's little brother was like really big into it. And he's just sitting on the phone. He's like, I've got 400,000 pounds of potatoes. I need them delivered to Ohio today. Who wants them? <laughs> yeah, it's, we were, it was, it was crazy, but it was that. And I think when you talk about a cult, I've seen a lot of people who say that, you know, people on the outside call it a cult and people on the inside call it a community. And that's probably said by someone who is in a cult, but yes. you know, <laughs> so were it. we, and okay. it, it worked out. Um, you comfortable Zeke? My gosh. But it was, it was that I, I actually, you know, this is truly definitely not funny, um, okay. but there was a moment we had in right before Christmas of that first year. So seven or eight months in, yeah, a hundred people had been a part of this through the summer and the fall. And we did this little ceremony where we weren't sure what it was going to happen, what was what it was going to be like, but everybody was just going to come and celebrate what we'd done in 2020. Did you sacrifice someone? We killed somebody. Oh my God, <laughs> shut the No, um, but yeah, we'd rescued 20 million pounds of food. It was stuff yeah. that we never thought would happen. And yeah. So people just started sharing what the community had meant to them. And so, you know, a couple of girls came on. Were you at this? Hannah? A couple, you know, a couple of girls came on and talked about how they were sent home and all they were with were each other. But this allowed them to connect with, you know, so many more. And this other teammate, Louise, she had kept a journal where every day she wrote down something that a different farm linker did that made her happy and it was so cute. But um, then this 
this guy Joe starts talking and Joe is the most energizing like positive upbeat guy in the world like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that he would he loves everything like every time he brings yeah. he just brings that brightness like, to this is a guy room. who doesn't have a bad day he's so positive and yeah he unmutes and he says um i haven't told this to many of you guys but my dad died of covid like a month before i joined farming i like still struggle to talk about this he's like my dad died and and he's like i didn't know how i was going to connect with i didn't know like i didn't get out of bed and he, he said this community was like the thing that got me through that part and that i'm not like a big tears guy and i just started bawling <laughs> right there uh, with like a hundred people on the screen <laughs> and i can attest and i don't think that there are a ton of moments that i th that are like that yeah that intense and that deep that i would talk about with yeah. regards to our experience of from because it's been so bright and optimistic and positive but that right there i was like okay we actually have achieved this because of the community that we've yeah. been able to give people. And it's like, it's not just that your farm link is so much more than that was like proof that farm link is so much more than just like connecting farms to food banks. You're yeah. actually the process of doing that has created such a beneficial experience for people. Yeah. Like that is really, that's really magical that you could do both of those at the same time. I completely agree. And I truly believe that the things these 500 students will go on to achieve will exceed more than what FarmLink itself yeah. achieves. And there's so many people that'll come out and be like, you know, I was going to do, you know, Cooper was going to design Ferraris. Like that's what he wanted to do. He's like, I want to be a car designer in Europe. Doesn't he work in like nonprofits? Yeah, now? he's like a social impact guy. And <laughs> Jor Jordan was going to go be, uh, do computer science at Peloton. And now he's working for this like sustainable, um, composting company that like still doing engineering for them but so many people have pivoted into impact work that they're so driven by yeah. and that's i think so beautiful i love that that's so special Ben. yeah <laughs> oh my god that's awesome okay so when did you become like big hoss all right let's talk <laughs> let's talk about the important stuff yeah 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 <laughs> so for those first first King 14 of the months castle, we, had, <laughs> we had like hundreds of people a part of it and i my think my roommate when, was part of it yeah multiple of your roommates were a part of it that's true <laughs> and but in may of 2021 so a year and a month into FarmLink, i graduated a bunch of people who were juniors when they started graduated was, sorry rewind yeah did any was anyone getting paid this whole time you guys no. didn't take any money at that point no and yeah. one thing that we've recognized is that's a barrier in and of itself. And that's, yes. what, that's something we're working to, we've worked to remedies, have means for people who like need that in order to do that instead of another job. Of course. To do it. But early on, especially because very few people had any alternatives. Yeah. It was so easy and simple for us to just be like, all right, 100% of the money we're raising is just going to go towards this food relief. Yeah. Because that's what really people thought it was. And it was like now, a school project. Yeah. It was a project. It's yeah. a FarmLink project for a reason. And <laughs> exactly. And, but now... Now, at that point, we were like, all right, people are going back to classes in September yep. in person. And anyone who took classes online knows that it was a joke compared to in-person classes. Yes. I spent less than 20 hours on my second semester senior year. Like 20 hours per week or 20 no, hours total? Total. <sighs> shout out Brown, shout out pass <laughs> fail, finishing your degree requirements and taking three classes. But I was doing something else with my time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So yeah, it worked yeah. out. Um, but we knew that if we were going to keep growing and scaling FarmLink after the return to in-person classes, our operating model was going to have to grow yep. and change. And that's when we started hiring. So I joined full-time. I quit the exciting tech banking job I was lined up for. Um, no way. <laughs> that, I, With applied math. I quit on FarmLink's first birthday in mid-April. of. Right Had you graduate. started or no? You just like... Well, I'd interned there the, for the previous two summers. So you interned there while you were working on FarmLink? Oh, this was a nightmare. Yes. So that we're now rewinding on this. Sorry, super I know I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> no, this is great. Everyone's having an easy time following. <laughs> so now we're going to rewind back to the first summer, two months into FarmLink. Ten of us were like, who were working very deeply on FarmLink had the opportunity to go live together in Idaho and Wyoming for like two months and work on FarmLink. Was Caroline there? Caroline was there. That's my roommate. Yes. Shout out. Shout out, Caroline. Uh, <laughs> an, in, an incredible part of that project. And so I went out there still not really able to walk. 
and quarantined in this tiny, tiny, like dark condo for two weeks and didn't talk to anyone in person. And that whole time we were just interviewing like hundreds of people to come on to FarmLink. Um, but then we go and we're together and it was the first time I was really working with FarmLink people in person. It was so energizing and, and special, but I was also doing this tech banking online internship. <laughs> and this place I was working, I was working 6.45 in the morning until one or two in the morning uh, every day for that summer. Jesus and would just Christ. be doing you know the emails, the modeling, the real fun stuff. And then in between when I was send stuff off to them, I'd be doing the FarmLink stuff. Oh my God. And that was what I did to How did you manage that? Like uh, mentally? Poorly. Okay. Um, but it was, I mean, it's a few weeks and it would have been actually, I think almost impossible for me to do that if I wasn't surrounded by some of the other really important builders of FarmLink at that moment. Yeah. If I was on my computer, I think I would have felt too disconnected to be able to do that. So it was a huge yes. privilege to be in person while I was doing that. Wow. But it was, that was a grind. But it allowed me to have a return offer to this job. When FarmLink was still three months old, no one was thinking, yeah. this is going to be my career. Yeah. And so now we fast forward to <laughs> April 2021. April We're back. 2021. <laughs> FarmLink just turned one. And I called and quit this banking job. Okay. Which was not a hard decision. I knew once there was a job at FarmLink for me, once people were on board with it, this was the thing I by far would rather. Yes. And so. That's embarrassing. Ding. What? It's embarrassing being popular. I am so popular. Should we pick up FarmLink's first birthday? I quit my job. Yes. Easy decision. We graduate. It's, you know, it's beautiful. Are you CEO yet or no? No. Um, it's beautiful. The world is kind of opening up. We all got vaccinated, which means we could live like absolute monsters for the final six weeks of college. That's fantastic. And then, um, and then we left and I started working on FarmLink full time. And this, I think what was, were people getting paid yet? I started getting paid that June along with Aiden and one other teammate who we hired. And did you have a job, a role yet or no? You were just, my role then was I had always focused most on the food recovery part of what we were doing, specifically building relationships with farmers, figuring out the logistics. How are we actually going to build the food recovery program? So I had decided since day one, I wasn't going to focus as much on the fundraising or the storytelling side, which other people really excelled at. I wanted to be on the the food side of it. And so for the first seven months of being fully employed, I, we were still at a point where that made the most sense for me to focus on those core operations there. Um, but the, that transition from being all students to introducing people who are full-time was very difficult. And I would say, I don't feel like we finished, quote, finished that transition for almost a year. That makes sense. Because I think what was so difficult about having a community that people were so passionate about was that they then were going back to in-person classes and people who were giving 30 hours a week and really leaders of this team, leaders of the direction we were going, simply couldn't do that with five to 10 hours a week. So yeah. they couldn't do that with five to 10 hours a week alongside my 50. Yeah. And so there was, I think, a really difficult period of time for a lot of people who had been so instrumental in that first year who recognized that their role inherently had to step back. And that was difficult for me, having become so close with so many of them, but also recognizing that this was absolutely what we needed to be doing for FarmLink to keep growing and succeeding. Yes. Um, and I think the normal arc I saw for a lot of people was kind of dealing with that disappointment and burnout within FarmLink, then leaving. And then once they had a month or two or some space away from FarmLink, I think coming back around to the appreciation of what it was and yeah. what it had been for them. And I saw pretty much all of my friends go through that arc um, in varying levels as they moved on to different roles after FarmLink for them. Okay. Yeah. Super funny. <laughs> my like deeply, my deeply difficult emotional Can you balancing just tell me when of, you became CEO? I became CEO in December. And of, what was like the discussion there? So James had been... Was it been, weird? Yeah, it was because our full-time team hadn't established yet. We had five or six employees. And you were just five dudes being dudes. You, like none of you had a title. We were... No, everyone had a title. I was the head of core operations. Before. Okay. We had titles. Was there a CEO? James was CEO. Okay, I don't and know James. James was our co-founder who was at Stanford, who is still at Stanford. Uh, James basically put his life on pause for like two or three years. So James was CEO, but he had he was still in school. I wasn't. 
And he and I also just had a really good leadership balance. And so we decided to be co-CEOs together. Okay. And that decision lasted from December of 2021 until three weeks ago. Oh, and shit. Yeah. So three weeks ago. You killed him. I actually don't know if this is public yet. Okay. Mm. We don't have to share it. Well, I don't know how many of our donors. No, well, this so is this public. this is going to come out. It's going to come out in like July. Well, I hope you're enjoying the summer, ladies and gentlemen. It's, <laughs> it's a hot one in March in LA. Um, <laughs> so it's like a little weird, but. This is not, this will not be news. Um, but yeah, so we decided James is still in school and he's working on this really amazing research project separate of FarmLink that is absolutely in the same space. But we decided that he's better off supporting FarmLink from a board role with me being able to focus on leading it as CEO Great. moving forward. And so that's the decision we made as of like March 1st. Great. The whole team knows. and The same day the Tom and Ariana scandal came out. Why do you think we did it? Okay. <laughs> Continue. Well, we dropped the scandal to kind of soften the blow. He's off the blow. <laughs> yeah. We didn't want news all over us. So, um, But yeah, that's that's that brings us to today, kind of. I mean, we skipped. Basically, where we are is we have 20 full-time employees now. We still have 50 or 60 students that are always a part of wow. helping us build relationships with farmers and talk to food banks and tell our story and fundraise and everything in between. But that full-time team is really essential uh, in providing that continuity and that accountability and that experience as well. And yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we have a lot of people who started as volunteers, were working on FarmLink and made themselves invaluable, graduated, and we just said, keep doing what you're doing full-time. And then we have people like Mike, who's a 63-year-old cattle rancher in Texas Love. And uh, love. I'm going to live on his ranch next month. Shut up. That's where you're going. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. He said, he said, uh, come out to my ranch. You can do your farm link zooms during the day. We'll do our, he, he works too. I hope. We'll fucking <laughs> at night. Yeah. We'll do it. He said, no, he said, we'll do, you'll, we'll do our work during the day on afternoons and on weekends. I'll teach you in three weeks what it would take to learn a year, uh, what it would take a year to learn in ag school. So fun. So he keeps sending me videos of his horse. He's like, this is red. So the horse you'll be riding. I've Do you know n- how to ride a horse? No. And I'm going to be. Tall guys are very scared of horses. I know from my tall ex-boyfriends. Hey, you're not wrong. I'm not scared. I respect horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I respect them too. But I am going to be riding. He's like, I'll teach you in a couple afternoons. No problem. We're going to be herding cattle. like From a horse? Yeah, that's that's what you do. That is so funny. And you herd cattle. Are you going to vlog You herd this? cattle to neuter and spay the animals yum i'm gonna castrate uh shut the fuck up yeah so shut the fuck are you filming this whole thing we are going to be recording some good. of this stuff yeah good just for sneak peeks of what you, i do is, on the side i think that's excellent yeah and i'm probably gonna bring that kind of practice back to my routine do you want a cowboy hat i have a couple i'd love a cowboy hat okay we'll go through my collection thank you i am gonna, my token i'm to gonna you. look out of place in marlin texas but. um i have a pink one naturally yeah um, for that you. adds to my brand. <laughs> that makes sense with the little white dog. Oh, it does. Does he have one? What? Uh, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he does have a little cowboy hat. Um, I'm not joking. But what's it like having to manage your friends? Like being in charge of them in a professional setting? I think that management for me has evolved to an, a place of understanding that my job for FarmLink is to bring on people who can have more expertise and more focus on the decisions they're responsible for. Yeah. And if I can just put them in a place to have everything they need to make those decisions well, I'm doing my job right. And so managing for me with most of the team is not telling them what to do or how they should be structuring their day or their week. Yeah. It's feeling like, okay, what can I do to unblock you and support you? And so it's where it's difficult is when I think people are losing sight of decision-making on behalf of the whole team, you know, like they're frustrated with an interpersonal thing and I have to get involved and, and help people through in that way. Yeah. But f- most of the time I'm working with them, I'm feeling like I'm serving their goals in a way that actually makes it not that difficult. And I think that that's a part of how we work at FarmLink that started with us just all being students and working together because FarmLink wouldn't have worked if one month in we had a hundred students come on and we just treated them like they're analysts at Goldman. Yeah. So I think that having the space for people to really own what they're responsible for has worked well for us. Love that. How does, have you ever had to fire someone? Ooh, yeah. I I have had to fire, kind of. Fast forward to uh, hire slow, fire fast. 
that's the that's the lesson that uh i learned from that horrible experience damn mm-hmm. i kind of like that um i'll bring the mic but can i pee real quick you can leave the mic <laughs> All right, <I'll> be right <laughs> how does can i quickly ask yes oh you're about to you're about to turn this interview around on me the shower mat that you have in your bathroom did yes. you buy that off of instagram my brother got it for me for christmas very strange gift but it's wonderful it's the thing that like dries automatically yes, yes. It got work? it off amazon i've gotten a it's thousand excellent. ads for this it's excellent but it's not the instagram ad one mm. it's uh amazon one. Oh, way higher yeah. class <laughs> get the amazon have, one. Are, do you this can be a tangent that you can that's fine you know, whatever you want this is our non-sponsored ad section of the podcast okay <laughs> Do you buy Instagram ad uh, stuff off of like social media ads? Yes. Does it work for you? Very hit or miss. It's yeah. very 50-50. Yeah. It's either great or horrible. Yes. Um, but I save the ads that are like especially bad. Can I quickly Can just them? plug my favorite one ever? Yes. It's Bees in the D. What's do you wanna, that? Do you want to guess? Bees in the D. Something with your penis. That is so foul. It's a beekeeping company. Trying to, <laughs> trying to restore and pollinate the city of detroit okay but oh. this guy comes up and he's like hi i'm brian and uh the, these bees they were here for me during a really hard time the bees were so now i'm trying to give back and Aww. oh shout out brian everyone go you know that's cute if that you're not going to your donate trip. after <laughs> your cattle ranching trip you can go do bees in the d if you're not going to donate to FarmLink after listening to this because why would you donate to bees in the d bees <laughs> right, in back. the d bees <laughs> in the d let's make him a promo video and it is so one dyslexic person away from D's and the B, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> which is just brutal. That's funny. That's what caught my eye. All right. Back to, back to leadership. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, how does employee payment structure work at a nonprofit? Oh my God. We don't have to talk about it. No, if we don't let's want do to. it. I think my... I feel very confident to lead FarmLink when it comes to culture because it's perpetuating what we've built yeah. altogether. When it comes to where we're, what we're trying to do with our mission, because I feel like we really do understand how we can improve the yeah, you're saving food the world. Space. Yeah, no, no, no. What I don't like, what I don't feel comfortable, and why I hire people, is when I'm responsible for a decision that I don't think I'm qualified or informed enough to make with my own skill set or intuition. Okay. So something like compensation, which deeply affects the entire team, we have mothers on our team and like yeah. this is really important and I don't I don't know that and so I'm actually going through an entire process right now working with a comp consultant where we go through every person's role what down to what they're doing individually wow. and then she goes and compares it with eight other industries that we might have relevant and comparable roles to and the whole idea is how are we doing to make sure one we are fair and equitable within FarmLink yeah and then two how are we doing compared to other industries because we could be we could choose to be horrible compared to comparable companies in the industry. But, but then they're going to go. Yeah, we won't. The retention piece yeah. becomes a lot harder. So my goal with all of that is make clear how much FarmLink can take care of its employees. Yeah. Make, be very transparent with that so that everyone on the team ideally understands, one, FarmLink is doing everything it can to support me, and two, it's fair, and I understand why it's that way. And hopefully, as we continue to grow, that that improves too. But that's that's a tough and sticky situation. There's... I get really frustrated when, you know, I've I've been a part of conversations where people be like, so you're paying people with the money that you fundraise. And it's like, yeah, that's well, yes, a that's huge part of how we are able to do what we do. It's essential to being able to rescue food. And they're like, but yeah. it's not going to farmers. I'm like, well, oh nothing would go to a farmer. Or, or someone would say, you're paying someone $100,000. And I'm like, yeah, someone who has two dependents and a family to take care of in LA, uh, making $100,000, that's nothing That's nothing yeah <laughs> and so i think that there's people look first to challenge you know compensation in social impact ventures where aren't those the people you'd want to see rewarded the most not that i'm like fighting for myself to get 400k next year but i think that the the challenge against compensation and look i get it a, not a ceo of a nonprofit that's got a four million dollar budget making a million dollars a year that's probably ineffective allocation of resources yes, of course but there are people who manage you know, billion dollar responsibilities and projects and they'll come under fire for making, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. And wow, that's not the hill I'm going to die on, but it's an interesting thing for people to think about. Yeah. Do you ever feel like a weird imposter syndrome having to manage people older than you mm -hmm. or who have like 
lived more life than you in that <laughs> sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think it should be surprising that that's a part of it. Um, I've definitely had to become comfortable with, you know, Mike is... Mike! Such, Mike is my, my Mike. guy. He's like my produce grandfather. Yeah, and at your the produce same time, daddy. And at the same time, he's my produce <laughs> daddy. But at the same time, we go to these conferences and he's like, yeah, this is my boss. And they're like, it. oh, Sorry. you mean, they're, they're like, do you mean your intern? And he's like, no, I'm working for a company that was founded by college students. And please, what were you saying? I just, I just have this image of like a still shot of you right now with your glasses on. Um, and it just says produce daddy. Dude. I'd make a shirt of it. Hey, I'd, I'd wear that shirt. Okay, cool. To bed. <laughs> I, I'd take it off for bed. <laughs> I'd do both. <laughs> um... But yeah, so I think I've had to get used to it. I would say that at the start, especially because we're dealing with that tension of students not really being comfortable with the dynamic with full-time team and vice versa, that was when it was most difficult. Now, you know, it's been going on for a year. I feel very comfortable in this leadership role. Yeah. And so bringing on new people, we're like we're interviewing for a COO right now. And so I'm talking to these people who are amazingly accomplished. Yeah. But I need to have the confidence sitting down in front of them to say like, this is what you want to, you got to know you want to do this. You got to know you're okay being led by a 24 year old because yeah. that's just this, that's the simple truth. That's what and it will so be. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's taken time to be comfortable in that role, but now it's something I think is, is pretty cool. It challenges traditional hierarchies of workplaces and it immediately makes FarmLink more collaborative. I think it doesn't allow somebody to come in with a ton of experience and hold that over others because, yeah. because they can't. Yeah. So you you applied to business school and you got into business school and you're planning on going to business school at some point. I think so. Okay. I'm curious. This is more like personally curious. Why why do you want to go to business school? We're about to have a callback. So right after my surgery, I... The ankle BBL. Mm-hmm. Right after I had that work done, I... Was, for your deviated septum. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> Yeah. I had just, you know, uh, just wanted to do some cosmetic stuff. Okay. But anyway, um, I was suddenly without tennis, which D1, any sport, especially something like tennis, which is the whole year, I, did, I wasn't able to do other extracurriculars. Like yeah. I really had to have that be my thing. And I, I wanted to do improv and be a part of other clubs. And I, because I was doing that, I couldn't. Yep. And so... We are in January. The pandemic hasn't started yet. So everything else seems like it's going on normally. But I'm looking ahead at the next year and a half, two years of college being like, I don't really have anything ready apart from like my classes and this banking this internship thing. that no, Farmlink oh, hasn't yeah, started yet. yet. Okay. And so <laughs> my time on Percocet was split between <laughs> studying for the GMAT and uh, gambling. I like how you studied for the GMAT while on Percocet. You know how baseball players warm up with like that heavy thing around their bat? No, but this is good to know. Well, they do. And then they so take it, the so thing then off. So then it's easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty smart. <laughs> so, life hack. And that's why he got into Stanford. <laughs> study for the GMAT. Why'd you pick the GMAT, not the GRE? I don't like vocab. And I thought that that was okay. more... like I, I did the ACT over right, the SAT. Math. So I was like... Don't make me remember words. Yeah. Uh, but I studied for that. And yeah, so that's that was my time. I was studying for the GMAT. And so I applied. I was just looking into it. And it wasn't even because I was like, oh, I definitely want to go to business school. I was just truthfully looking ahead being like, I'm not that excited about tech banking. And yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to have a ton of other avenues because I'm now like, what other extracurriculars do I have? I absolutely would not have gotten in without FarmLink because I didn't end up applying yeah. until the end of 2020. Um, oh, once FarmLink was seven. Why did months. I think you applied like this fall? No, I applied while I was in college to this deferred program. To the two two whatever. Uh, so I can defer for up to four years. Okay. And truthfully, I didn't realize that. I thought you would literally just apply. No, no, I. You could not get me to study for a GMAT right now. No way. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. And so you want to see my books? Uh, no, actually, okay. I, I really, I trust you. I trust you. They still exist. Um, but I swear I'm studying. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Um. And it's hard. He's doing a lot of work right I now. I know. Zeke is, those <laughs> of you who couldn't hear that, Zeke just let out the longest, heaviest exhale. He's got a lot <laughs> on his mind. Um, but so Stanford, I can defer for up to four years, but I, I don't know if I'm, 
the way I am looking at it right now is I have, there's nothing I could possibly imagine doing that would give me an opportunity to learn more or to be more connected to something that I am excited to be doing than with FarmLink. Yeah. And I think until I feel like there, that is not the case, I won't, I, I shouldn't leave. And so yep. if that happens before these four years expire, I'd love to go to school again and give myself some space to reflect on this experience and figure out what next. Yeah. But I'm not rushing there. I don't have an exit date for FarmLink in mind because I really do think that we're still at the start of what this could become. And I want to, I don't want to jump off of that yeah. just because I have this acceptance studied. to a business school. Yeah. yeah. And so that's really how I'm thinking about it. And hopefully, hey, maybe, you know, 2025 comes around, FarmLink's rescuing half a billion pounds of food a year. Maybe they'll let me come in a couple of years, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe that'll yeah. work out, but that's not, fortunately, that's not a huge concern right now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I fuck with that. Thanks. Um, I was going to ask you, Please. <laughs> Hannah's not going to like this. Ooh. <laughs> so, so remember when you said, um, does Jackie only bring people on her podcast oh, she's I trying to fuck? Talk about, <laughs> I was going to talk about this. So I am an, so avid, I'm an avid learner, Jackie. <laughs> and I was like, Jackie has this funny podcast where she has gets to have these awesome conversations. I wonder if she's ever like had a conversation with someone that she has a crush on. And I bring it up to Hannah. Hannah, no, Ben I, was like salty. He didn't get to come on. He's like, does Jackie not have a crush on me? Is that why I don't get to come on the podcast? I mean, first of all, <laughs> Jackie, well, should we talk about what you asked me to do on Valentine's Day? <laughs> oh, so <laughs> funny. All right. So <laughs> I think that, um, you know, clearly it's not my call. If, uh, if I came out sounding like a blatant sexist, <laughs> I'm willing to own that. But... You know, if people can't be learners and growers, then I don't know what people can be. So, I agree. I couldn't agree more. So uh, I'll ask you this question, Jackie. I'm not trying to fuck you. No, no, no. Have you ever? I actually haven't hooked up with anyone on my podcast. Wow. That funny? I mean, I've matched with one person on Hinge. Pre or post? Pre. Can I share something about a Hinge matching and professional overlap? Would love. Now that we're segueing naturally yes. into that space. Yes. I matched with someone on Hinge who I spoke with a little bit, but never ended up going out with. And she's a reporter in Bakersfield, which is one of the most rural. That's where I got my dog. Great. Duh. You got him <laughs> off of a pig farm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so we, we match and she like comes to LA because she doesn't want to be in Bakersfield on the weekends. And we didn't talk. And then she messages me, um, she said, hey, stranger, we're doing a special for Ag Week and we want to feature FarmLink. Do you want to come in and do an interview with me? And You're like, is she trying to fuck me? Separate other conversations. <laughs> Look, I, I don't think it would be as much of a sexism for me to uh, to make that leap from That's true, where we were on Hinge. That's true, you did match on Hinge. Yes. Um, but you know what? Uh, I was talking to our VP of Devel Development about this and she said that you know when me and Aiden uh, settle down and get married, it'll probably be the most detrimental thing to FarmLink's fundraising capacity. And so- Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, thanks, Emma. Emma is a mother of three, absolutely wonderful fundraising lead. And she understands her assets, I guess. So I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to be helpful. I don't actually think we're doing the interview, but maybe tune into Bakersfield Ag Week. And, I will. And see. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> Ex exhilarating. Okay, so for Valentine's Day. Yeah, let's get into um, this. <laughs> so, to preface it, I was planning a fun little single girls night on Valentine's Day. It was Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. And February then I'll 14th. tell you what I was doing when you called me and asked. <laughs> yes. So, okay, so I'm planning this night. And then and then we'll go into the pra the rehearsal. Um, oh, great. So, so, I'm planning this night and I'm like, it'll be so fun because I know like, a lot of girls get stressed out about Valentine's Day. Spoiler alert, all of every single one of my friends bailed. Every yeah, single one. Yeah, fuck you guys. There were eight girls. Every single one How bailed. How can you bail on her? I told her no from the start. It was so sad. <laughs> um, I got all this stuff for it and everyone bailed. Oh. All right? So fuck you guys. Anyways, but everyone bailed because they were all like, no, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't feel like getting out. I'm like, okay, I get it. You're sad. You're single. Like, get over it. We're all single. Let's all hang out. 
So I thought it would be really fun when I was planning this fabulous night for all my friends that never showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, wouldn't it be so fun if I had like a male stripper? But I was yeah. like, I want it to be like a funny male stripper. Like, I don't want like, I don't want to like pay for a real male stripper. I was like, I want like a guy friend who'd be like goofy and funny with it. And so I'm like, okay, who could I call? And Ben and I were like not close. Hey. And were we? We've had some drunken nights together. You called yes, me Phil on Halloween. This is true. Which may be worth sharing too. Um, but, Horrible experience for me. He was a different person. We'll go back. Even though he was wearing an apron that said bed on it. I was like, it's Philip." And so on Halloween at a party I didn't know to have someone I did know come up to me and recognize my roommate who you didn't know me great. You knew my roommate way, way less well. And you said, this is Sam, my roommate's name, got it correct. And Phil looking at me dead in the eyes. And start talking to me about what I'm doing at Harvard. And for two minutes, didn't say anything and then walked away. And I was like, I had an identity crisis. It was horrible. And he literally had an apron on that said Ben. It was on my fucking chest. And I looked at it. I remember looking at it being like, why is Philip wearing something that says Ben? And then also wondering why Philip was with Ben's roommate. Oh. Apparently Phil's pretty attractive. Though, yeah, he's so. great. He's great. Yeah, he's pretty hot. Um, right. We get it. Whatever. <laughs> but anyways, so I was like, let me ask Ben Collier. I feel like he'd do it. He'd be fun. Which, so it's like a Sunday. Maybe you didn't know me that well to so, be like, he'll feel like he'll do it. <laughs> so, I, so, so it's like a Sunday afternoon and I give him a call and Ben texts me. He goes, hey, is everything okay? If not, I can, I can, I'm in a meeting right now, but I can call you. I can hop off and call you. I go, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Just call me back afterward. What's the meeting you were in? So I told, I've already shared that James and I moved, We ch- our, our roles shifted on March 1st. And so all of February we were planning, how are we going to do this role transition? How are we going to talk about the team with James stepping into his new role, me moving into CEO solely. And so we had this meeting. It was a three hour meeting called the fate of Farmlink, And literally <laughs> that was like what we titled it for ourselves. And Jackie calls to ask if I want to strip on Valentine's Day. <laughs> just the the duality of me. Yes. No, just kidding. That's way too self-centered. The duality oh. of Farmlink and being young. And fun. And fun. Fun link. Oh, yeah. Mm. Fun link. <laughs> Love that. Farmlink's so, party, party planning. I just want to clear the air that for someone who for sure doesn't know how to sexy dance or even how to speak about it clearly... To come into a room that's not well lit with eight <laughs> people he doesn't know and fill that space is, that's a lot. That's and a big I think ask. it's a good concept, but I think in 35 seconds, people are like, this is so uncomfortable. I understand that, but just like the idea. Anyways. The idea is there. Thank you. And also everyone bailed, so it would have just been you and me. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which now I regret. Yes, exactly. <laughs> me, you, and Zeke. Um, that would have been lots of fun. Your girlfriend would have loved that. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep in mind, he didn't have a girlfriend at this point when I was asking Kevin. Fledgling. What? A fledgling relationship. Exactly. Um, that's a word I need to learn for the GRE, I guess. So, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, we had like a... We had like a little party at my place and Ben was here and our other friend Alice was here and we were like joking around like, what if you guys like did this bit, like came and stripped or whatever. So they were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Ha ha ha. And like did like a mock performance for everyone there. As they're doing it, Ben is screaming at the top. They're like singing this emo song. I don't even know how to explain it. Ben's screaming at the top of my lungs, top of his lungs. Like my fucking dad left me at the convenience stripper things stripper things he's running around with his shirt off shaking his ass and then this girl shows up who we're friends with who hannah's was trying to set ben up with (laughs) and had been for like two weeks trying to schedule like do you guys want to meet in a group do you guys want to just do coffee with each other like clipboard focus how do you want to set it up and this girl walks in at like 10 30 p.m with ben running around half naked screaming at the top of his lungs and that was their meet cute um needless to say they're not dating yet (laughs) and yeah i just thought that was special that was special and i think no one was happier than hannah dudley at that moment (laughs) hannah's here right now i also need to make that clear to everyone listening we're we're telling this very specific story for a very general audience specifically for her exactly (laughs) she's our studio our live studio audience 
It's fun. Okay, do you have anything else, like, for the good of the order you really want to talk about? <sighs> say for the good of the order, because that's what we would say in my sorority meetings. For the good of the order. Yeah, I was sorority vice president. Did you know that? Really? Yep. For the good of the order. Um. No. I, like, let this me is your think. time to shine. This is my time to shine. Something you want to share? Yeah. What have I been thinking about lately? Discussion you want to ignite. Thoughts. Yeah. Can I have a sec? Yeah. Like I said feeling it can i go pee please did you blow up my bathroom when you went i couldn't okay then I'll go. Yeah, can we talk it. about how you abandoned the gluten-free community and we're proud of you but we lost a good one so here's what happened i've been gluten-free for the past like four or five years okay mm-hmm. and i did that because like i had like convinced myself that it gave me eczema and because you went to usc and because i went to usc and because i have fake blonde hair and because I have a little white dog mm-hmm. and I was in the store, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm gluten free. And I didn't eat gluten for years, but I was still <laughs> getting this rash, but I was like, whatever, gluten's bad for me. I might as well just keep it cut out. I go to this doctor and she has me do this like food sensitivity test, comes back, no intolerance to gluten whatsoever. I have a high sensitivity to almonds. Guess what? Every gluten-free thing is Almond made out of. Flour, Almond flour, Almond flour. I've been sitting there just loading myself up with almonds. Haven't had almonds in like over a week. Haven't had my rash once. Nice. Well, I'm a celiac boy. Aww. So I got diagnosed. How'd you get to be so tall? At the end of eighth grade because I stopped eating gluten and trying to sabotage that. In eighth grade, I grew three inches and lost 15 pounds. Jesus. Which, you know, skinny goals. But also, um, <laughs> I was... really confusing. It was bad. I was 90 pounds and 5'3 entering high school. And um, I... But that whole year, I was throwing up every day. I was really sick. Oh, my God. And my mom was like, oh, like, let me take care of you. Here, have something neutral. It's not going to hurt your stomach. Like, have some crackers, you know? And so (laughs) she's bombing me that whole, that whole year too. And when we found out, uh, she felt so bad. But do you want to know how I found out? I had celiac? No. My twin? Yeah. That fucker. No. My dad found out he had celiac after I got diagnosed. Which is net positive for him. Just like for a long time. Do any of your other siblings have celiac? Nope. But. Damn. We'll see. It's a. it might pop up whenever. So, but um, wow. I found out I got, uh, I needed to check something out because <laughs> UNICEF came to our school. Okay. And they were explaining how they ex- like study and try to address malnourishment in Africa. Yeah. And they use these wristbands coupled with like your body weight or some, and height and something like that. And they come and they're like showing the test on the wristband. And then they're doing it like, huh. They're like, you're malnourished to me. And I'm I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you, you're like clinically unhealthy. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Eighth grade. Oh my God. Can you imagine? In front of the whole grade? class. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, like, should I go to the doctor? You're and they're like, like, I already yeah, you... hate myself. Like, what is <laughs> like, going on? Yeah, my braces, bowl cut, homemade haircut. Oh my bad. God. Not the best time. And um, so, you, hey, UNICEF does a lot of good around the world and they saved my life. They saved your <laughs> life. Uh, yeah. You know, a I'm boy cl- in, a malnourished boy yeah. from where was it? Westfield, Connecticut? Basically. Yeah. Whatever. That's could be a town. Um what was it? What it's town is it? Darien. Oh. Yeah, Sin City. It's great. Okay. Well, Ben, I have well. one final question for you. I ask all my guests this. What advice would you give to your sixteen year old self? Hey. It's me. For you. I would tell my 16-year-old self to keep doing the, the social stuff that I loved. Um, I did improv all of high school. and Me too. Cheers. Aww. Yes, and. And I did not get to do that in college. And I wanted to do physics. And I ended up ditching on that because no one who studied physics could like talk to other people. That's not fair to everybody. But I found that all I do, all I want to do is gravitate towards being connected with people and being able to like work with people and engage with them just not in work but like in how i spend my time my favorite thing to do is like cook for people and like have people over for dinner so i feel like all right that's cool you've never invited me over for dinner well i mean you said we weren't that close until you asked me to strip at your valentine's day party (laughs) so you're welcome over for dinner now um god but yeah i'd say uh you know keep prioritizing the social stuff it's uh it's the best part of it I love that. It's pretty lukewarm advice, but also don't don't do the thing that you did at the supermarket that you shouldn't have. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did you 
steal food at the supermarket? Is that why your whole life's goal is to give back food? No. I wish. Okay. All right. Thanks. For, I don't want to know what you for did having at the me. supermarket. <laughs> thanks for thanks having for me. Thanks for coming, Ben. Yeah. Thanks, Zeke. We'll Zeke miss is, you. Zeke, Zeke is deep burrowed in my ass cheeks right now. Yum. <laughs> All right. He likes it there. This has been Caller Daddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Should we brand it as that? I don't know. I'm not going to get sued. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thanks. High five. Woo! Did you laugh? I didn't.